All right, you're listening to what? The Desiree Show. What's your name? Jeremy Ray. Okay, you want to say it again? <laughs> this is Jeremy Ray, and you're on The Desiree Show. Hi, it's Dave Berkfold, and you're watching The Desiree Show. Wait, watching. I said watching. I can't say watching. Okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Dave Berkfold, and you're listening to The Desiree Show. Right on. Welcome. This is the Desiree Show. It is actually it is the 14th day of December. Uh, greetings. And it's beginning to look a little lot like Christmas. Uh, first downs and flip tricks. Uh, tonight, actually, I'm going up north. Um, actually, it's got some loud. It sounds really loud. I hope it's not too loud for you guys. Um, Anyways, uh, I'm going up to NorCal to probably the most innovative engineering person I know. Snowboarding legend, an icon, OG roots in snow, a photographer, a filmmaker, Mike's Yeti, a true visionary, an an inventor, his tiny home, which I'm sure you've all seen, unbelievable feats on the mountain, big mountain riding, including helicopter drops and movie movie stunt work. He's actually been was nominated for the Taurus Awards last year. He's a gardener. He's the king of DIY. Um, there's just so much about this amazing man I'm about to introduce. I'm just really excited to welcome truly a one of a kind human being, Mr. Mike Bassage. Hey, are you still there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. No, no, I'm stoked. Thank you. Um, I hope I didn't make you a. Uh, make you turn red there a little bit <laughs> uh, a little bit <laughs> uh, well that's good there's just so much about you mike um you know and, and thanks once again so much for your time tonight um, now does it sound okay to you yes yeah, you sound good your little sound like you're across the room but i imagine um you know that that's how it is oh <laughs> i'm across the room well i'm waving i'm giving you a big hug you know first of all huge thanks um for being being a friend of mine, um, your friendship means so much to me and your time tonight. Um, so I just want to, yeah. you know, like let's start with how this all sort of began, how snowboarding came into your life. Boy, that's a long story. Um, in a nutshell, you know, I in high school I was in a skateboarding crowd, a little bit on the outcast side of you know the traditional uh, groups of kids, and saw this thing that looked like, you know, a skateboard and went on the snow and, and at a skateboard shop. And this was in 85, 86 season. And, uh, you know, my life kind of has always been about trying new things. Um, my, my whole bringing up with my parents and my sister was always about building tree houses, living in teepees and doing things a little different. So this seemed pretty um, natural just to grab onto it. Um, even though the experience, if you went and rode what we rode back then today, it would be a horrible experience <laughs> you know, on uh, no high back fins. And uh, that was kind of like the start of my snowboard addiction, you could call it, or at least I, I like to call that because that's what it feels like is something I got in, introduced with and uh, kind of took me for a huge ride. Um, that was, uh, what, how long has that been? 30 years ago? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's impressive, you know. I mean, it's um, and so this first setup was a Sims, as you mentioned, um, you know. And I seen some really cool footage of you and Tina out there, um, like on. It didn't even look like they were Sims, but I they might have been were those Sims boards. <laughs> yeah, there's you know, 
back the stuff then was Sims was actually pretty I'd say the cutting edge of technology back then and you know everyone had their own hands on certain parts of the growth but that was a big leap for I remember when we got our our Sims boards I wrote a switch blade and my sister got a uh, pocket knife they called it Mm -hmm. and uh, that was actually a really turning point for us because boards were twice as light you know in that year and uh, fins got disappeared we got high backs and uh, I think that was kind of actually when snowboarding took off in some form, you know, the first level where resorts started allowing it because they realized you could actually maneuver the, 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 the board a lot better than before without high backs and all that stuff. So there, there, there began this new uh, growth of being allowed on the resorts because not everybody, of course, allowed it because it was a brand new sport back then. Well, and let's let's expand on that because I don't know if the kids these days realize what that was. I mean, um, there was still a lot of the mountains not allowing snowboarders. Um, I mean, this was just when in the beginning, essentially, when snowboarders were being allowed to get on the mountains. Um, you know, and, and such a different... I feel like the, the demographic of a snowboarder changed. Um, and not to knock the snowboarders today, but it... We were outcasts. Um, yeah. You know... I, uh, yeah, I, I agree and remember it being not a welcoming thing uh, you know skiing is or has been a really different category of it's kind of a higher end upper class people you know always because it could cost a lot to do what you know skiing uh, requires and so <laughs> of course you know people putting tickets with a whole new idea <laughs> yeah no I mean and then the U-pipes I mean <laughs> yeah um, well, and you know, and talk about like for me, those are the fondest. Like the you know, early, actually for me, it only began like ninety. Ninety ninety was the first time I was on the mountain. Um, this is a little before then, um, but the talk about sort of like this special sort of. I mean, snowboarders just like skateboarding used to be. It's you would kind of see people and know who snowboarded and who skateboarded. Uh, essentially by how they dressed because that's kind of how it was um it has shifted into a rich kid sport now um but you know how how has that changed for you or your perception of of it today um you know it's it's for me it hasn't changed a lot because i've always been chasing the same category if you call it that of snowboarding mm-hmm. you know the more passionate side of people and I think that's, you know, skateboarders, you know, were the ones that were doing whatever it took to make them get on that experience. Um, and so, you know, you get a lot of passionate people when, you, when something is harder, you could say. Um, you know, today there's such a mix of people that goes snowboarding a couple of days out of the year, and that's fine. You know, that's, that's, but that's a new category of people. And uh, it's a little harder to find the part that you know say in the 80s was there to still find that on the hill but you know it's it's a matter of just sticking to what your roots are and you know before you know you're you're ending up in certain gatherings and certain projects that involve hands-on experiences uh, with the sport and and the the culture um because i mean when when the olympics happened all this and all these companies got involved with the sport um everything got filled like piled there's so many blankets of different kinds of people and uh value values changed a lot in the contest scene uh that's kind of when that 
took a big shift of corporate, big non non snowboarding companies got involved in the uh, sport. It, it, it wasn't that fun anymore. So that, that's when I actually quit snowboarding uh, competition and uh, jumped into the backcountry more. Keep uh, chasing this, yeah, the passionate part that I was uh, addicted to. Yeah, no, it's awesome. You, I mean, you mentioned it was for me. It was everything was okay as long as I got on the mountain. And, um, you know, that passion you kind of just shared with us, you know, but you had this phenomenal career and I was actually going to go into that a little bit more is, you know, um, in that era and something happened uh, and you kind of brushed on it. A lot of companies came in. You and Tina actually, I believe it was at the X Games or, you know, decided that this was no more for you guys. Um, what, you know, which was a huge sort of leap of faith at that time. Um, how did you guys kind of make that decision? Like, I mean, and obviously true to you both. Um, I think it might have been a combination of um, a reality check, um, a little exhausted, um, just tired out with trying to convince people um, why you're there, um, even if it didn't, if the results didn't show up on the contest scene. Um, it just it, the the scene became exhausting. I think because the fun was it was a little more about pressure because prize money got higher, people started training more, so it became more of a job, more of a, a stronger direct focus versus just kind of free freestyling whatever you, you felt like doing at that moment. Now people plan your run out a lot. You know exactly what you're going to do each hit on the on the in the half pipe say. And so that becomes more of a training focus, and we, I, yeah, we just kind of got smothered by that, um, and surrounded by that. At some level, where like that's not not what I've brought up to believe in. It's not what I am passionate about. So that's kind of when we, you know, decided like, even though we're giving a lot up of just traveling, and making a good living at what we were doing, um, I was I was pretty excited to just. Find uh, find a new life and something which uh, yeah made me just say enough is enough and uh, I got what I wanted out of it and I'm gonna go uh, leap leap and see what else is you know gonna hang on grab on to it but I, I knew it was gonna be something to do with snow mm-hmm. um, I, I mean I, I absolutely love snowboarding yeah no and it's rad because it it still it it just resonates it just shines through you um, and I hear it when I talk to you on the phone or when I see any images um, you know and now. You know, obviously the snow. You mentioned um, more big, uh, big mountain riding, um, Alaska. You know, um, your trips there. Um, this shift in riding. Um, what was that transition like for you? I mean, obviously this this drive to ride, but going from riding, you know, backcountry at you know on Donner or at Squaw versus going to AK is is a different is a different realm of riding. What was that transition like for you? Um, it was not easy. Um, it was actually pretty expensive on the same level because, you know, going to Alaska, especially after quitting competition and losing your sponsors, um, you have to reprove yourself. Um, when you, when you do something like that with your career and stay, want to stay in the same industry. So I had to prove myself again, which took quite a few years. Um, I made enough money from competition, luckily, to keep myself afloat with my passion um, I kind of grabbed onto 
a couple things. You know, one was realizing I want to sell my house and be mobile as the weather is, because that's what I'm passionate about is being in storms. Mm-hmm. So I built a van and lived in that for two years, just chasing snow. I learned, uh, I, I like pushing, say, the envelope on, on ideas. So for years of being shot for catalogs, magazine shoots, you know, by a photographer, I uh, started to dream and brainstorm about how I could take my own photo uh, while snowboarding. So I bought a bunch of camera, or bought a camera and a bunch of lenses and uh, found a, re- a remote thing that I got to wire together a little differently to fire the camera and started to progress or try to learn how to take self portraits and I progressed in a way with that that was pretty uh, self-fulfillment. Um, I got to see what snowboarding was to me and capture that as a whole idea without another person's uh, input. And so that that was actually the one thing that I got to reprove myself in the industry, you could say, to regain energy, momentum of having sponsors be interested in what, what I was doing with my career. And uh, again, it didn't, didn't happen overnight. Um, it took actually quite a few years. Um, and it, it started off started off with just like I want to take a couple photos, see how it goes. And uh, before I knew it, I was taking some portraits uh, nonstop and driving to Alaska. Um, all of this is again kind of on the expensive side, but I made my trade off with selling my house and just having no mortgage or utility bills. Just living in my car, I got to put all that towards my uh, my. Chasing storms, you know, which Alaska is unique in itself. Um, a lot of knowledge and memory, and uh, has, has to go into uh, riding mountains up there. So I, I got a couple of years under my belt before competition ended for me. They had a couple of contests up in Alaska, so I had a slow introduction to Alaska, which is which is really helpful. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Mike Bassage. You can follow him on Instagram at Mike Bassage and see some of those images. You can also check out his um, app at two, Area 241 or check him out on Facebook, right? Those are the best portals. Correct, yeah. Okay, cool. Now, um, I'm going to read, um, you know, I mean, obviously what you were doing with photography and snowboarding was completely groundbreaking. This is this is a long time ago. This is still film people so tuning in now that have their gopros it's a was a totally different animal (laughs) um but i want to read a quote though from john foster i met mike at big bear where he was when he was around 15 and saw his potential it was later when he started doing his own thing that i became more interested in him he started showing me photos that he had started taking of himself with film cameras and remote control release of course this was before GoPro digital cameras, and these things became common. Anyone who shot film with full-size SLR cameras knows what a huge accomplishment Mike was pioneering. I used his photos for Transworld Snowboarding and Snowboard Journal uh, whenever I could. I have tremendous respect for Mike and all he's done, and I'm happy he's doing so well. Daryl, you know what? I haven't heard that from John on that one, which... um, yeah, he's one I've myself. I've been inspired by his work, and actually got lucky enough to work with him submitting my photos. So that was um, yeah. yeah, that was those were some good times. 
Right on. Yeah, he shot me that. He shot me that quote to me earlier um, yesterday, actually, I think, or the day before. And then I have another quote I want to read to you. And I'm gonna. What I'm gonna. I'm gonna read it to you, and then I'm gonna have you kind of share about a story. Um, so he's like, "Are you holding your breath now?" Like you're like, "Uh oh, what's this?" <laughs> um, okay. So I, I I texted somebody. They said, "What kind of quote?" Like. Like Mike is from an amazing and wonderful loving family that sent him to Waldorf where he learned how to to sew to sew in a closet in a, in a closet knitter or the time in France he turned 21 and we shaved one eyebrow in about two inches off his forehead chemo cut that is complete awkwardness attracts the ladies Mikey is a true free spirit and admire how he loves his life love that guy Andy Hutzel Oh, I'll bring some great memories back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I threw one out of the uh, the closet there for you. What, uh, talk about this 21st birthday party, or this 21st birthday trip, I should say. It didn't sound like a, it wasn't really a party. It was a shaving shaving your eyebrows party, but um, how did this all oh, happen? <laughs> it, it, was not a, it was not a shaving eyebrows party at all. It, it was, was only a, Mike shaving eyebrows. <laughs> uh, all I remember is the champagne and... Um, yeah, that was in uh, Europe. That was a wild trip, and um, yeah, I woke up with my sort of my head shaved and my right out eyebrow missing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's one. You know, Andy. Um, yeah, after he did that, he shaved his own head, so I couldn't shave his head after that. So <laughs> he, he he knew what was ahead, but I I still actually owe him a haircut. I actually still owe him a haircut. Oh, that's right. Now, are you getting any royalties on that cut? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my haircut looks terrible. I look like I, was, I had something seriously wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, and I, and I bring this up. I mean, obviously, our roots, we have some, some uh, shared roots, but um, it, the, the specialness of um, small board, snowboarding was a lot smaller. And uh, the closeness, I mean, and there's still that rad closeness I know that, that riders have today. Um, but being a part of this special era with snowboarding, um, you know, can you share a little bit about that? Um, sorry, can you rephrase that? Just what it meant to be a part of of the era of snowboarding that you um, began or, you know, in the 90s, I should say. You know what the '90s were like uh, as a snowboarder. Just this closeness. Um. Yeah, you know the one thing that I remember a lot in the '90s um, was the crew that we ran with. Um, it was a pretty tight group, um, pretty wild group, and you know it was a really fun time because competition again was not taken that serious. Um, it was all brand new, so whatever happened was awesome. Um, you know, and it uh, it was a mix. Of, it was more of a mix of a certain lifestyle that everybody wanted to live, which was a little bit on the wild side and outcast. Um, you know, our crew was it was a funny one. It was you know, Andy Hetzel, Matty Goodman, Sean Palmer, um, all these people that I mean, certain parts we had the cops show up one time because they thought we were robbing the place. Because I mean, everybody looked. Like we dressed up to actually do something. <laughs> <laughs> and so it it was a, it was a really fun time. And it, even though everyone was really wild, everybody 
I mean, I, I felt safe, you know, it's like anyone had my back, when, you know, wherever we went. And I, I was I was the youngest out of the whole group. I was Tina's little brother, so everyone kind of, you know, took took care of me on some, some level and, and pushed me in, in places I, um, you know, may have been a little young too for, but, <laughs> um, you know, we all have something of that form in our lives. Yeah. No, I just, I think of when you were just talking, I'm just thinking of couch tours, and I'm thinking of the PSTA when I was living at Squaw, and I think we had, like, my roommates, I was like, yeah, some friends want to stay, is that cool? And they're like, yeah, and there's like, literally like 20 people crashed at our house that were competing, that were from all over. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's not about me. Uh, just a bit like that, that, yeah, anyways, um, and okay, so... I have another quote for you, and it's going to be leading into something else as well. And it's, uh, I remember back in the day, many times in my snowboard career, saying I was just keeping the dream alive. Well, Mikey has done that, and then some. His commitment to snowboarding and the mountain lifestyle in his own way, in his own way blows my mind. So fresh and amazing in this day and age. Who else has what he is, who else has what he's created? Nobody like Mikey B., and that's from Steve Graham. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, you know, and with that, I want to, you know, we're gonna we're gonna segue into, you know, I mean, the sustainable living you have, and getting off the grid, and your engineering skills, and you know, this snowboarding pioneer who moves um, off the grid and builds this home and builds these other things and lifts and you know how this was never sort of new for you this was always sort of your life it sounds like yeah you know I, when I look back and realize the energy that I put into all that I have you know it's definitely out of dreams and just passion to see how far I can go um I, I think I have a, um, uh, a desire to feel, feel myself through my projects. Um, so I just kind of test myself a lot and figuring out, you know, like if I wasn't doing this, um, I definitely, I don't know if I'd be satisfied with following, you know, maybe what I was brought up to be in from society. And so... I, I branched off of the idea of the American dream, you could say, call it. Um, I mean, I, I went for it in the beginning, bought a big house and all that stuff, and realized, you know, it's just high maintenance. Um, and so it's really uh, made me listen to myself a little bit more as I get older and uh, realize um, there's a point when an idea, you can have a choice, like whether to bring it into your reality or keep it as a dream. And, you know, I still have dreams that will always be dreams. And uh, some some other ones I've definitely, like, gone out of my way to see what it looks like. And uh, that's become my lifestyle, um, just trying to uh, feel feel what my dreams look like and uh, bring that into my, my, my daily life, which has brought me to building my, my cabin, my little play, playground in the snow. Um, I, I love, you know, going to resort and stuff, but I, I, I also... I, I think I'm. I like hardship in some form. You could call it. Of just wanting to feel something strongly to uh, conquer something. You know, a lot, a lot like snowboarding. Just you can hike a mountain for hours, and you hike for five hours, and you get the 
have a, a good feeling part for 30 seconds and it's all worth it. Um, and so I've, I've learned, I, I really like that pattern. I think that's kind of what I've done, you know, with the, the captain and the, the cheerlift in my car and tiny house. Shooting self portraits, I just push myself till I, uh, feel something that I haven't before, something new. And, uh, I get to share that and celebrate that in whatever art form it, it comes out in. Yeah, now, now all these, you know, you have, you've jumped off cliffs, essentially, like in a lot of different ways, metaphorically. Um, have there been, has it been tough, though, um, making those decisions? Have there been lonely times? Have there been down times um, where you've had doubt? Or has it just kind of always been that you knew that that was sort of your, your knowing? That was kind of what you were about? Yeah, you know, my my parents brought me up in a way that, um, not in these exact words, but I've learned, um, I want to say failing at something is part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, So by realizing, like, starting with an idea and going for it and it having a different course along the process when you do something and it, so, something's going to happen like that that's guaranteed it might not be the beginning idea but again if you start moving with something and it doesn't work out that way um, I, I'm calling that fail, failure just so you can kind of see it in a black and white way because I think that's the one thing I've learned that is actually very important for people to remember um, it is for me you know to it's okay to not complete the first idea, but as long as you're open to something, um, these ideas start to build energy and uh, become a beautiful thing. Like my photography, I I didn't know what was really going to happen with some of the shots. You know, they, they turned out to be what they are. They're really different than what I started out with. Um, but again, that's part of the process. Um, and... Uh, that that part I've I've given that idea to all always my my projects um, that that's helped me get, get get through get through get through them. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's um, just this drive and this like this openness and this like sort of humility about what you do, um, and this constant drive. It's just it's amazing. It's beautiful, Mike. Um, you know, and I want to share also for people that might not know, there is, I mean, you've done, you did this beautiful movie about your life and I really want people, I really encourage people to go check it out. I will post it on the Desiree Show Facebook page. Um, but you, as a child, you had adversity going through epilepsy and were able to sort of like shift that and make this amazing life and so much inspiration and so many levels like can you share a little bit about that um yeah you know i definitely had a unique childhood um i mean all of us have a childhood that's unique to ourselves and mine was a lot about struggle um which has given me certain tools to you know take on life a certain way um the epilepsy part you know that in that comes with uh, a lot of seizures, a lot of unknown what's happening. Uh, my parents uh, have always told me it's okay to do things different because um, I, I was different. You know, I, I had to have that idea to go to school. Um, just I, I was I dealt with things differently. So um, 
I was treated a little special by certain, you know, like teachers in school. Uh, my class, I went to Walter to Walter School, which was 23 kids in our class, so everything was very close and tight, and uh, that helped me feel a little more safe than if I went to a public school. I think I would have not found my ground very well in a public school, so my parents definitely laid some groundwork for me to find my way, um, even though we didn't really know what how to do that, but I saw a lot of doctors, um, took, took certain medications for many years, and uh, we uh, journeyed in a lot of ways. We went and lived in a teepee for a while, just to change up the pace. Um, somewhere in the mix of um, towards around age 13, that's when I found snowboarding. Um, I, I kind of woke up in some form. Um, a year, a year and a half before that, I spent almost a solid year just being dead silence. Um, a lot of it was just being in the world through the medication and uh, what was going through me. It was very, very foggy times for me. Um, but I, I woke up in some form from, I think, finding my body move in a certain way with snowboarding. Uh, passion has, I've learned, is an amazing healer. For, for, for any anything in life. Uh, passion is very important on, on health. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we found something that made me wake up and uh, I, th- I think find, find strength to uh, make my body look in a certain way that has maybe to make, made me be able to be stable, stable. I tested free of epilepsy at the age 16 and, um, you know, I got to get my driver's license after that. And ever since then, I have not looked back on that. Um, I definitely remember it. But I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I've learned learned um, what all these things that uh, have helped me grow. And I think that's maybe part of why I haven't let go of you know this amazing sport because that's you know, it's given me so much. Yeah, no, it's just beautiful. Um, and if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Mike Bassage. You can follow him on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, you know, Mike, I, I'm, what's awesome though, too, is that you mentioned your body and the reaction of your body with snowboarding, but it seems there's also this other part that has embraced and has been nourished by your family and by yourself, um, of this engineering mind and this creative mind that has, that dreams up these ideas and actually makes them happen, um, you know, I mean, you've got so many amazing gifts, you know, I, I'm just, you know, the, the thought process of jumping off a, you know, a helicopter, like a close to 50 feet up in the air and actually setting up photos to take the picture is, um, you know, is, is not like a normal person. <laughs> normal people don't think like that. <laughs> you know, we're all working with life in a certain way. You know, and, uh, we want a little piece of know. this, Mike. Can you share some? You know, you know, we all we all have our bodies that we're we're living life through, and you know, I definitely like pushing my body to see what's there. Um, a lot of the like photography stuff, um, multitasking stuff. I, I owe a lot to my experiences with uh, seeing doctors and, ep- and for my epilepsy. Um, I, I used to do a lot of mind exercises mm-hmm. with uh, different drawings and uh, working on memory. Um, I, I focused on uh, the mechanical parts of things a lot. I love taking things apart to understand how they worked. And uh, that's, I think, over years... Um, has helped me vision 
have visionary thoughts of, you know, looking at a tree, envisioning a treehouse, you know, versus looking at a flat piece of land and like building a square house. Um, you know, it's, there's there's just certain patterns that I uh, have de- developed that are stronger than others, and uh, again, it's just something I I, I love doing because I and I guess I, I have a lot of fun with it. You know, I, I like I like uh, what it, what it brings to me, and I'm wi- I'm willing to risk uh, everything for it. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, it's it's just I mean it's 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 a gift. I mean it's really a gift. You know, you you buy it, you you know you you mentioned you sell your home, you buy this plot like up in by Donner, and you build, you erect this home from rocks around there, and you make it sustainable. And you have water, and you build um, your own lift to snowboard. And granted, this is how many miles in? Like how much? You got to take a truck. I mean, you got to take like a snowmo to get in there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. You can take a snowmobile or a snowcat. I mean, I have those things when I need need to get up um, or back and down it's uh, it's all appeal to get up there mm-hmm. so if you're already up there you can at least snowboard down <laughs> I have uh, escape routes if you know stuff breaks down all the time um, I've spent some six hours hiking in you know by foot just to get warm again um, so it's it's yeah it's not again it's not an easy lifestyle but again I like the challenge um, I, I my whole cabin um, experience was I would I had a desire to be to have a more of a closer perspective of the things I need to live, and so that was kind of the beginning of the idea why I chose to be off the grid was to be forced to learn how to make electricity, get them on water, you know, and all else. You know, after five years of doing this, I it's an amazing experience to use water now. Um, to, to, to feel warmth, all these different things that a project like this actually brings. Um, I have a much more closer uh, perspective and uh, appreciation. Uh, my my chairlift was the last one that I, I did up there, and uh, now when I go to a ski resort, I am in awe. You know, <laughs> tickets are expen- tickets are expensive to buy the ski lift, and there is a reason because of it. You know, it is fascinating technology. It's amazing, and it's a lot of work. Wow! Yeah, I can't afford it. I can't afford it anymore. It's like one hundred twenty-five dollars, I think, for a lift ticket at Squaw or more. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, it's it, again, it's imagine taking that that one run. You know, it'd take you all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, totally, totally. <laughs> Hiking the mountain, the 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 mountain, the mountain run. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, and but um, right on. Well, okay, and so like this, this amazing tiny home that you created, and then Mike's last year it was tiny home adventures with Mike, where and now this has sprouted into a bigger project that's coming up right now that you just are starting to work on. Um, yeah, yeah. There's um, again some new inspiration. Um, I, I love pushing myself, and uh, I, so I'm, I'm building a, a new vehicle to get back to chasing storms on some level. Um, most of these projects that I build for uh, chasing storms have to do with uh, surviving Alaska, and so I 
Um, yeah, I'm switching vehicles. I got a new uh, car that's a, it's called a Fuso four-wheel drive rig. Um, I'm going to build a kind of a tiny house RV vehicle, which I'm actually starting. I took the bed off the back today and uh, getting uh, getting into the welding stage tomorrow. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. This is uh, a little late in the game because it's winter, of course, just starting, but um, I'm excited to feel this out. Once I once I get it shaped, the wall shaped, I'll, I'll probably take it on a trip and uh, get familiar on the, the space. And this is kind of my process of how I tackle things: is get a little bit halfway through something and uh, understand how how it could be used, and, and then build off that experience. So it's a uh, it's it's a good combination of a lot of things I've done into one vehicle. Well, yeah, because it's even from I mean from the, the tiny home to this last year having this mobile you know uh but now this it sounds like i mean and, and granted i know because i'm privy to a lot of um i mean talking and working with you but there's also this sort of i would imagine like a uh, you know a, a not a fail in a i mean like just you know notes taken from this trip last year on you know this is a different vehicle like you mentioned but then i would imagine there's a lot more information you have from doing it with what you had and what you want to make this to be now. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all, all the things I've learned over the years with these other vehicles, and uh, I, I, well, I'm, I'm really excited to compact it into a sm- somewhat of a smaller setup. Um, this one I'm building is going to be available to go more more places, um, mountains and city. Um, I'm planning on taking it to Alaska and actually using it in a way if I was treating it like my snowmobile. So I, I want to get a little closer to, again, to kind of to the mountain experience. And so that's kind of what this new passion um, desire is to, to build this rig, is just to build something that I haven't exactly seen that's out there yet. Um, and again, kind of suited to all, all my uh, passions. Yeah, it's like James Mike's James Bond vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm calling this one Mike's Mike's Dream Chaser. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm excited to share share the the build of it, um, which anyone could follow on Facebook um, or, or Instagram on it. Um, I'll definitely be uh, sharing sharing what I'm up to with it and, and uh, the adventures with it too. I don't, yeah, and for people interested, it's uh, the hashtag will be Mike's Dream Chaser, and you can also what I would highly suggest is you follow Mike on Instagram uh, or on Facebook or both. Actually, um, I mean, just for the visual content, Mike always has you have always beautiful imagery, um, you know, up there. Now, this um, vehicle is now you are want to make sure people understand that it you are this is your you're conceptualizing this, you're engineering this, you are making it, you're erecting it to drive it to make this happen and that um, there's a lot of moving parts um, and so a lo- there's still time for people if they are interested um, that want to hop on board uh, with any form of sponsorship to help Mike make this dream come true or you know to continue making it happen is that is that okay <laughs> yeah yeah you know I'm, I love getting involved with people um, especially if they bring something to the I the table for ideas uh, along with whatever they are passionate what they build um, you know I definitely have a lot of people and uh, close friends that love uh, and, you know they own companies that are about passionate about the mountains so I'm, I'm yeah I'm really excited to work with whoever's out there wants to 
get involved um, and, and test and test their product. That's something I love doing. So to make this happen and uh, make make something new happen, I'm definitely making a car that um, I feel like hasn't been built before. Um, it's a little uh, it's it's quite the interesting uh, project for me because I'm, I'm taking a 2012 vehicle that's it's a pretty expensive vehicle. I'm I'm going to pretty much cut this thing up <laughs> and create something uh, some sort of transformer out of it. You could say. You know, it's, uh, I'm excited. It's a little scary taking the risk, but again, you know, well, why not? Well, no, and then also I want to reiterate that this, you, you mentioned this vehicle is to drive up to Alaska, not just drive on the regular roads, but also be able to be like a snowmobile or a snowplow in the deep snow in the backcountry in Alaska as well, which will mean other amendments to your tires, to transporting in those, in those, uh, areas um and you are you're making this yourself um it's just it's amazing it's amazing mike i'm so excited um yeah i'm I'm excited too because you know my 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 goal is really to yeah be in alaska mountains and uh not be in a tent not being on a snowmobile um not have to drive home and go stay in a hotel i want to i want to be actually like in the mountains and and have a tiny house and so that's kind of like the adventure for this coming spring in Alaska is to take this uh, in places that uh, I, I've never seen a vehicle go before. Yeah, it's just male. And and this and one of your concerns as well is sustainability um, and kind of being, you know, I mean, just knowing you and trying to really um, things that make sense to you, making this this vehicle as well makes sense, like, you know, with our environment. And, um, you know, I know you're doing, you're working, I think, with some, with Goal Zero a little bit, too, with some solar panelings and some solar-powered things and, you know, kind of utilizing what our Mother Earth has. It's really cool. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited to um, yeah, build this and get everyone involved. Uh, yeah, Goal Zero's already on board with this project to learn, learn the gathering of energy, to, again, to make life possible in places that uh, aren't yet. Uh, super. Now, are you going to do potatoes like they did in that one movie? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just had a mood. <laughs> um, you know, and I want to say also you've got a lot, a lot going on. Um, and, I mean, with this project, but in addition, there's a lot of stuff dropping like really soon, um, like tomorrow. There's like a virtual reality piece popping up um like yeah there's you know this is actually a very first time that someone's filmed my uh, area two for one my my cabin in a way that is going going to share it in a new way um it's it's a virtuality or they call it vr as well and uh, you'll be able to yeah be launched tomorrow at 5 p.m pacific time on uh, youtube by uh the seeker story our seeker stories Mm-hmm. And um, there's uh, yeah, there's a couple different pieces. So um, I'm really excited. I haven't seen it myself, so I'm really excited to see how this gets shaped and and brings you more closer to what what my place is about. Yeah, no, totally. And I, and I highly and they also have a package up there as well that was is about your home, uh, which if people haven't seen, I highly suggest you see that. But definitely want to go check that out tomorrow. And then coming up, like sometime in the next week or two as well, there's something else dropping with GoPro. 
Yeah, on the 23rd of December, uh, an, an edit's going to be launched on GoPro's channel. And that, that's actually going into a lot of depth of uh, my, my whole lifestyle. Um, it's a beautiful piece. I've seen, seen that, so the, the rough cut of it so far. And, uh, yeah, catch that on the 23rd of December. Okay, and the vehicle for people to see that would be, um, are you going to have it linked to your Instagram account, or is it, or should I direct people to, where should we direct people to see that? Um, probably to my Facebook or Instagram. I'll, I'll be definitely sharing when that gets launched, um, which, yeah, just Mike Bassich uh, on Facebook is uh, the best spot to find me and, and these, these uh, edits. Okay, awesome, awesome. And in addition, I mean, also, I mean, I want to say people, if they, I'm sure people saw your Yeti, um, and also, you know, all the GoPro stuff that's that's gone out before the Super Bowls in the past. Um, but they, people also have an opportunity to. You've got another book coming out in March. Um, you can people still buy the Frozen Chase? Well, yeah, the Frozen Chase is my self portraits, which is on uh, Amazon under Mike Bassage. The Frozen Chase it should pop up. Um, it'll be shipped before Christmas if you want it for a Christmas gift. And uh, another book coming out in March is uh, the Tiny Homes book. It's um, the, they did uh, another book called Tiny Homes that my cabin was in. And this one next coming out is another house that I, I remodeled. Um, and it's an octagon house. And uh, there's a lot of sharing of that project. I milled all the wood for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty, pretty proud of that project, which I'm, I'm really excited to see myself, the, the, the book. Um, and uh, yeah, those, those two things are coming out. Then, right. and then also people are if people are looking as well. I mean, and I think they still have time. As you, if you're looking for a Christmas present, um, you know, the, you have prints available as well up for sale um, that people can have the opportunity to buy as well. Right. Yeah. The, those. Um, this is on actually on greatbigcanvas.com. Uh, and so if you go to greatbigcanvas.com, there's a little search window where you can put Mike Bassich, uh, which last name is B-A-S-I-C-H. Um, and there's, yeah, it's, it's a great company that's selling beautiful quality prints. Uh, my photography's on there available. And you can get these huge, huge sizes if you want um, and really nice quality for a frame if you like to. Rad. No, that sounds amazing. And there are some beautiful images, you know. Um, and I'll post all of these different links also on the Desiree Show um, Facebook fan page. But best is to follow Mike on Facebook um, and make sure to follow Mike on his Facebook page and Instagram account. Um, now, there's a few other, I mean, there's other, I mean, there's so many, Mike, you've, there's so many facets to you. I was like, okay, what do we have time for? Um, you also are grow organics and have this phenomenal farm you grow during the summer um what don't you do <laughs> uh, you know i i try to get again get involved in things that my life requires to live so i gardening is something I've, I've made time for in the last couple of years uh, i've been learning a lot i mean i, I built my mom a garden for years um but i've definitely taken on my own garden uh, the last couple of years, and that's that's been really rewarding. Um, um, which has been, yeah, it's been really nice to get more in in touch with uh, my food source. Um, so 
some some of that has to do with not traveling as much, you know, those things require. But I, I, I've actually learned um, in the community here, um, vital supplies, gardening is, uh, they have some amazing stuff that makes you, I, I'm actually traveling a lot, but everything's kind of maintaining itself for, for the setup of, of some of the products they sell. So uh, gardening, yeah, pretty new to me and very inspiring. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, I, there's lots of things I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm teasing you. I'm not teasing you. Um, but but I do. Um, what I do want to ask though is something that came up for me today, and I haven't asked you this. Is um, I, I know you've shared a lot about this new project you're doing with me, but I looked at last year's kitchen setup. Now is that going to be? Are there? Are you? What's what's your kitchen? Do you have that? Is that even a concept right now for you? I'm thinking about the kitchen yeah. and what you're going to be, you know, <laughs> in your kitchen, like at, at home or like on the. On no, the, no, the you're um, their dream chaser, Mike's dream chaser. You know, that's um, I have some ideas. I'm definitely having a wood fireplace inside. I have to have a wood fireplace, which will be more of my. I love cooking with with fire, so that will be part of the kitchen. Um, but again, I'm I'm going to build this in a stage where I can actually travel in it, and the cabinets aren't built inside, and get a feel for the space, and then I'll come back to my shop and uh, tackle the kitchen, which uh, you know probably mill some trees for it, you know, definitely put some good time craftsmen, and hopefully uh, be somewhat on the artistic side of wood and and, and metal metal work. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's I'm super excited watching this and watch, going to watch this happen. Um, you know, and I want to also, I mean, there's also people, I want to also tell people about 241 Clothing if they don't know about it. There's, you know, you have um, outerwear, you have, you know, you have quite a bit. You have belts. Um, there's quite a bit yeah. that people can purchase from 241. Yeah, you know, 241 is a, a long passion. I did start this after high school and, um, it's a combination, actually, of, of 25 years of making outerwear and the print material. A lot of it's my photography, so I'm really excited just to share my photography in a wearable way. So um, there's a lot of that stuff out there. Um, it, this year is actually really exciting because it's actually available in the U.S. this year for the first time in a really long time. Uh, my main market's in Japan. And so there's store stores around the U.S. You can find out a store near you on our on my website, which is uh, the number two four one dash USA dot com. Um, you can also find it through my Facebook. But uh, it's you know I got twenty five years of making clothes, and I highly recommend at least trying one on at the store. See how it feels. Um, I live in the snow for reasons of just wanting to make better products. Um, very proud of what I've, I've made, and uh, we make a lot of stuff. We make Gore-Tex jeans, um, stuff to fit any kind of lifestyle. It's not exactly just for snowboarding. Right? Yeah. Now, if you take of any, if you've listened to anything of what Mike has shared about about his engineering, um, yeah. these pieces are pretty bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. serious. So much experience as well. I mean, not just as a, as a, you know, like you said, not just as a snowboarder, but just for cold weather and. Um, I'm, yeah, I need to, I need to go try some on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, I love making clothes. I, I, I've always sewed and, and knitted and done stuff, so this is a, a long passion I've had. Yeah, I, I love to share it. Whoever 
has a desire to go check it out at a store. Now, are you making? Are you knitting a, a cap for for Andy? No. no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I knit. It's been a couple years since I've knitted, but I, I I get to it once in a while. Okay. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with Andy yeah. actually more so. Um, Mike, any any now you have, you are such an inspiration and such a mentor um, in so many ways that I don't think you believe, but who have been those people that have inspired you the most? Um, you know, I, I owe, first, as far as snowboarding goes, I, I owe a lot of my travel journeys um, to, to Craig Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one that really paid the way for, for a lot of us to a journey um, in the mountains. Um, you know, he he did a lot of just unknown things, and uh, he's been a huge inspiration for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I owe, owe my respect to him. Um, a lot of the photographers out there have been inspired me in a way that uh, wanted me to get involved and uh, keep keep pushing the, the artistic side of photography. Yeah. And uh, on a, on a Outside of snowboarding, you know, I, I my biggest idol would probably be Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Rad, someone, rad. someone I I would have loved to meet, never had a chance, but um, yeah, he's he's lived an amazing life. How I wanted to live it. Right on, right on, Mike. Well, we are we have run out of time. I mean, granted, we thank you so much for giving us the whole show tonight. Um, any last quick shout outs um, that you want to throw out there? Oh, you know, thank you everybody for listening and letting me share my passion stories. And um, I hope everyone has a beautiful winter. Be safe and uh, keep chasing. Keep chasing whatever that is. Right on, Mike. Thanks so much. Um, much love and respect to you. And again, thanks for your friendship and your time tonight uh, and sharing all this yeah. with everybody. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so happy to. Cool. Have a wonderful night, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Cheers. All right, you guys. Thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Um, phenomenal man. Man, um, as you have heard, uh, you know, definitely please go and follow Mike. Um, Mike Bassage on Instagram. It's just his name. Uh, he's also um, on Twitter, but not as much. But it's uh, Area Two Forty One, and follow him on his Facebook fan page. Um, is just Mike Bassage as well uh, or go check out area241.com um, is his website if you're looking for any of those products and uh, again to the Desiree Show uh, Facebook fan page I will post all the links to Mike's other other accounts or other you know links to get his clothing or his book or his art uh, or his photography um, so you guys are privy to it and uh, definitely want to follow him though to follow this amazing adventure that's coming out Uh, Mike's Dream Chaser. All right, you guys, have a wonderful night. This is the Desiree Show, and have a dynamite week, and I'm out. All right, one more thing is I want to thank Andy Hetzel, John Foster, and Steve Graham for helping out with those quotes. All right, you guys, have a dynamite week, and I'm out once again.